From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Neil Munchie, and this is FT News. New Yorkers took to the polls last night and delivered landslide victories to two of their own, with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton both winning roughly 60% of the vote. Dimitri Sevastupolo, our Washington bureau chief, is joining me to chat about the results. Welcome, Dimitri. Hey, Neil. Thanks. Uh, so let's start with the Republicans. It was a pretty resounding victory for Trump. Uh, his campaign circulated a memo to his surrogates after the race that referred to him as the prohibitive favorite for the nomination now. But Ted Cruz came out mocking the idea that Trump winning his home state was surprising or changed anything about the race. Just how big a deal was last night's contest? Uh, it was a reasonably big deal. I mean, Trump was expected to win, and he did a lot better than people thought. But the truth is, it doesn't really change the overall dynamic of the race. There are certain things we can say right now with, with certitude. The first thing is John Kasich, the Ohio governor, has no mathematical path to winning the nomination uh, on the first ballot in Cleveland when the Republicans hold their convention. Ted Cruz has almost no mathematical path to get there. He's not inconceivable, but he would need a miracle. So what Trump is trying to do is say that I'm the only guy who has a realistic chance of getting 1,237 delegates. Therefore, I'm kind of almost the presumptive nominee. The problem is, is that Trump also has a long way to go. And right now, if you look at the numbers and you look at the states that are coming up in the next few weeks, and as we look ahead to California in June... Uh, there's a pretty high chance that we're going to have what's called a contested convention. And so Trump, you know, Trump wants to kind of change the political narrative. Um, but a lot of what we're hearing from all the candidates right now is spin. He talks a lot about how the system is rigged. Can you expand on a little bit about why he's doing that and what he means? Well, sure. In certain states, the contests are voter-driven. So the voters go to the polls. They, you know, they, they vote for Donald Trump or Ted Cruz or John Kasich. And then depending on how many votes you get, you get a certain number of delegates. Those delegates go to the convention. And when there's the vote for the nominee, the delegates vote for the person who won them in the state. But in other states, it's a kind of a party-driven process. So the people will elect district delegates or local delegates who then will elect state delegates who eventually elect the delegates that will go to the convention. So there's a big distance or a kind of a gap between the voters and the people who ultimately pick the nominee. And so Trump doesn't like that process because it benefits people who have really strong organization on the ground, which is Ted Cruz. Trump's strength is that he's a famous guy that everybody knows. When he flies in on his Trump Force One, as they call his plane, huge crowds of people come to see him. So he doesn't actually have to do a lot of hard work, you know, and he's got his own plane, so it's not that hard. Cruz has done an awful lot of hard work. So Trump is trying to change the narrative and say, this process is rigged. Well, actually, the rules have been there for a long time, and they were in place before Trump announced his candidacy. So again, this is just political spin from Trump. What's the rationale at this point for Kasich being in the race at all? Well, most people would say there's very little rationale, uh, but John Kasich doesn't see it that way. He won three delegates in New York out of the 95. His campaign team called that a big step. Uh, to most other people, that was a tiny step. He is hoping that when we get to the convention, that cr there is not enough support to get a majority behind Cruz or a majority behind Trump. And ultimately, the party will look for someone else. And if they do that, it'll have to be one of the other people who ran for president, one of the 17 candidates or 15 if you take out Trump and Cruz. And that given that he's the only one who's left in the race, he will be the natural candidate. The counter argument is John Kasich so far has only won one state, his home state of Ohio. And so critics say, well, you can only win your home state. Then how can you claim to be the to have the mantle for the Republican Party? Um, Kasich doesn't like to hear that, but that's the reality. 
you know, in the scenario in which Kasich or Cruz swoops in to take the nomination, if if Trump has a strong lead in the delegates, even if he sh- falls a little short, um, that's not going to sit well with Trump's supporters. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the supporters you've met as you've been covering the campaign? Sure. It, it depends on the state. If you're in somewhere like Iowa, the supporters tend to be very white. That's partly because the population is very white. Uh, when we got down to a state like Florida, if you went to a Trump rally, it was much more diverse in terms of you had whites, you had African-Americans, you had Hispanics. The kind of core of Trump's supporters uh, tend to be slightly angrier, less educated white males. But if you go to the rallies, there's lots of women, there's lots of educated people. There's a whole array of people. And I think there's a little bit of a stereotype about what a Trump supporter is. And the truth is, I think, slightly farther away from that than people realize. I think we have a clip here from uh, a Trump supporter in Poughkeepsie. I think there's an issue with illegal immigration at the border. I think something has to be done. Um, so I, you know, I, I like his idea of building a wall and trying to prevent that. Um, I also like the idea of getting rid of Common Core for education and having states have more control over it instead of it coming from Washington. Um, so just in general, I kind of relate to more of his policies and what he's saying than any of the other candidates. That was Jennifer Gemmel. Yeah, so Jennifer is interesting. Uh, she and a friend of hers uh, came up for the day to see Trump. Uh, she is a, a graduate of Fordham University. She's a lawyer. She was working as a lawyer in Poughkeepsie. Uh, her friend was a uh, graduate of the University of Chicago, was working as a paralegal. Both of them very educated, very eloquent, uh, young conservatives. I asked them, why, did you, why do you support Trump? And they said, well, you know, we are conservatives in a very liberal city, in a very liberal state. We wanted to come and be with people who have like-minded political views. And we like the fact that Trump is not politically correct. We like the fact that Trump is talking about tackling illegal immigration. Uh, we like the fact that he's not a traditional politician, and we're tired of traditional politicians. So, you know, they're an example of two young voters who break the mold or the stereotype of what people think Trump supporters are. So Trump uh, said today that that Bernie's finished. And that seems to be the message coming from the Clinton campaign as well after a victory last night. What, Where does this leave Bernie Sanders as we head into five northern primaries next week? Well, the truth is, if Bernie Sanders is finished today, he was already finished last week. It's already incredibly difficult uh, in the Democratic race for him to catch up with Hillary Clinton because there are no states that are winner-take-all in the delegate race. So even if he has a victory in every state from now through California, he still couldn't catch up with Hillary Clinton. But he's going to stay in the race for several reasons. One is he has the money. He is still raising huge amounts of money from a a large group of small donors, which allows him to stay in the race. It gives him a kind of legitimacy. He also, I think he's, he's on a vocation. He wants to send his message to Washington. He wants to sell his message to the people. And ultimately, if he stays in the race through the convention, and the Democratic convention is in Philadelphia this year in July, he's going to be able to have an influence on Hillary Clinton for the main reason that she needs his voters in November. And so she's going to have to compromise some of her views somehow to keep his voters on side. If she doesn't do that, and if the Bernie Sanders voters walk and she's facing a tough opponent in, let's say, Ted Cruz, well, then that's going to be a tough race. So she wants to minimize the number of people who defect from the Democratic Party in November. And so the balance between what she thinks and what Bernie Sanders thinks is going to be really, really interesting. Has he succeeded in some ways already in pushing the debate to the left? Absolutely. On issues like uh, 
clamping down on financial crime, tackling Wall Street and the big banks, uh, climate change, uh, even trade deals, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which is this Pacific Rim trade deal that the Obama administration has done, 12 countries in total. Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, described that deal, which was still being negotiated, but she described it as the gold standard of trade deals. Uh, She now says it's not a good idea. So that's a really clear example of where she has changed tack. And that's purely because of Bernie Sanders. Dimitri, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.